Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. If you're planning a meeting, conference, or special event in Missoula, consider the Wingate by Wyndham. Our event space is comfortable and flexible. Whether you need an intimate boardroom meeting or a conference war 100, Missoula's Wingate is the perfect fit. Our audio-visual equipment, upgraded internet, and flexible food and beverage policies allow you to put on an impressive show without breaking the bank. Call us at Missoula's Wingate, where we make you feel at home when you're not. We are efforting Greg Bell of the Tacoma News Tribune. He covers uh, the Seahawks for the, uh, or covers the Seahawks for the News Tribune. In fact, we'll go to him now. He is with us on the Rangers Brothers RV phone line. And Greg Bell, welcome back to the show, Greg. Hey, really appreciate you being here with us. How are you? I'm well. I'm well. Back for a day or two and out on the road again. Exactly. Exactly. You're uh, you're making a lot of cross country flights uh, right now. Let's start with this Philadelphia game. Obviously, everything in this game changed quickly as soon as Carson Wentz goes down and can't come back and then it was sort of game management time it seemed like from a play calling standpoint but what did you see in the wild card round for the Seattle Seahawks there in Philadelphia? Well I I got no feeling in the press box that the Eagles were going to win the game at all the whole time even when Wentz was in the game and then when he went out I didn't think they were going to score a touchdown so it was just up to the Seahawks offense to make enough plays and they did Marshawn Lynch's touchdown run through three Eagles and then the all-effort, DK Metcalf touchdown, diving, getting up to his feet, sprinting, touchdown. Those are the two plays they needed. That's all they needed. They're going to need more plays than that in Green Bay on Sunday. Playing Aaron Rodgers is going to be a little different than Josh McCown, obviously. But the defense, I didn't think, played particularly well, but played well enough to beat a weakened, weakened team. Um Going into the game, I thought that the Eagles weren't going to be that much of a threat offensively. They were even less so without their starting quarterback, of course. You know, when it comes to DK Metcalf, he's a guy who, you know, there was some high expectations for, but a lot of question marks because maybe the production wasn't there at Ole Miss. But uh, Chris Collinsworth was effusive of DK Metcalf in the broadcast uh, uh, on Sunday. How much has he improved, though, over the course of the year from, you know, starting as a, as, a, as a rookie to the place that he is now? He's been exactly the same. He really hasn't, he hasn't really improved a ton. 
he wowed everybody from the first minicamp. Mm-hmm. And he was starting from the first weekend. I mean, he came 19 days off a of knee surgery and started the opener and has been starting ever since. He had a, a, a wall late in the season, early November, December, of fumbling the ball, of, of reaching out and trying to make extra plays at the goal line and losing the ball. Other than that, he's been remarkably steady for a rookie. He was far advanced and more, more so than they thought he was in route running. Mississippi didn't ask him to do much in college. You mentioned the production numbers. He missed an entire season because of injury. Last year, he his college career ended in October because of a, a fracture in his neck. And he, some people said he would never play football again. And then when he did play, Mole Mister sent him on go routes past because he was faster, bigger, and stronger than anybody. They never really asked him to do more than that. The Seahawks have asked him to do what an NFL receiver has to do, all the routes, and, and he has marveled. He's really been a lot better than they thought when they got him at doing everything. Hmm. Now he's become a very good blocker. And as big as he is, he can be an outstanding blocker on the edge. But the intricacies of route running, of catching the ball away from his body, of cuts, of coming back to the ball, of switching up his releases against defensive backs, all the things that veteran receivers do, he's been doing since the first rookie minicamp. And they didn't think when they drafted him he was that good. They knew he was a freakish athlete. They didn't know how polished a receiver he has been since day one. He's definitely exceeded my expectations as well. I got two questions for you, Greg. First of all, I want to know, just overall, what do you think of the NFL playoff format? Because you made the comment about the Eagles, and no one really in the press box having any inclination that the Eagles ever had a chance to win. I've been thinking that since Week 10. Whoever came out of the NFC East, no chance in the playoffs. It just seemed as if there was several better teams in the North, the West, and maybe even the South than there was in the East. What do you think of just the format where division winners get home games, even if they are a lackluster team like the Eagles? I'm fine with that. It it comes and goes. There's some years that it's way the other way, and you're just scrapping for eight and eight teams getting in as wild cards. This has been an anomaly year with double-digit win teams. Uh, I'm fine with the playoff format and how they value divisions division titles meaning more. Greg Bell joining us at G Bell Seattle uh, on Twitter. He covers the Seattle Seahawks for the Tacoma News Tribune. Does an absolutely phenomenal job uh, uh, with them there. We, since the last time we talked, it's been a little while. What have you seen out of the Seattle Seahawks in general as a team? Obviously, they lose. You know, we know the top three running backs, and they bring in Turbin and Marshawn, and and that has certainly infused enthusiasm. And Marshawn Lynch, I think, is at moments looked you know, pretty good, even though his touches are slim. But where is this team at in general right now to you? Are they in a good place as they head in to Lambeau Field this Sunday? Well, it's a place they haven't won since 1999, so I can't say it's a good place. They lost eight in a row there. But they're totally dependent on pass rush and pressure on quarterbacks. Quandre Diggs changes them defensively. They're so much better in the back and allowing Matt Bradley McDougal to play up close to the line of scrimmage when Diggs is in there. He transforms them. But they are totally dependent on getting the quarterbacks having to rush and get the ball out quickly and they don't always have that Aaron Rodgers is one of the best in the world ever at getting the ball out quickly and accurately that's their test in Green Bay on Sunday and, and we'll see if they can do that 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 to me is that when the defense doesn't get pressure on the quarterback they give up yards and points and they will give up plenty to Aaron Rodgers if they don't affect him last question for you then Greg how would you gauge just the overall confidence and mentality of this team as they head to Lambeau well, they're confident because they're eight and one on the road, but they are they're weary. I mean, this is I think the toughest draw in the playoffs at Lambeau against Aaron Rodgers. It, it history shows it's not easy to do, and the Seahawks haven't done it since 1999. 
but they are confident being on the road. They have to be because that's where they're going to be now for the rest of the playoffs unless Minnesota and they win next week, this week. Um, I, I think their confidence is a lot better than it would have been if they were, say, a 500 team on the road and 8-0 at home or 8-1 at home. So they have that going for them. But, again, if they don't affect Aaron Rodgers, they're not going to win Sunday. Yeah, and sorry, Greg, I just got to ask you one more question, though, too, because the history of this this matchup is such a bizarre one. I mean, the NFC Championship game that was a complete miracle that Seattle pulled out. You have the fail Mary during the regular season, the we want the ball and we're going to score game and all of that. Like, what is it about Seattle Green Bay that has delivered such memorable moments? Well, the quarterback play, mainly. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Matt Hasselbeck, Brett Favre will give you great games. And then the links to the teams, Mike Holmgren, John Schneider grew up there, was a Packers assistant GM before he got the job here. Uh, there's a lot of history that goes between the teams. They know each other a lot in the front offices. Um, and it's it, the quality of play and the 16 nothing comeback in the NFC title game here in Seattle, the miraculous win the Seahawks pulled off to make Super Bowl 49. A lot of history, you're right. It's lopsided, though, in Green Bay. That's what the Seahawks are going against this weekend. Well, Greg, we certainly appreciate it again on Twitter, at Seattle. Go follow him. Nobody doing it better than Greg Bell for the Tacoma News Tribune. Uh, where can they read your stuff, Greg? I appreciate it. That's the com uh, online. Absolutely. Travel safe up there to Lambeau Field and all the best, okay? Thanks, guys. Appreciate Thanks, it, Greg. Thank Thanks you. Me. Greg Bell joining us, uh, covers the Seahawks for the Tacoma News Tribune. Coulter, you have a business, and your business is based in the World Wide Web. Indeed I do, so I'm on my computer all the time. And if you're not online, you're not making money, and it is important to make sure that you're online and secure. Am I right? Absolutely. Got to be cyber safe this day and age. Well, for you business owners out there, whether you have an online business or a brick-and-mortar business, it's still running through the web. We all know that's a fact. And in today's always-on world, your business demands a simpler approach to network security. At Blackfoot Communications, they deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to the endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across the state of Montana. They do. They're keeping everybody cyber secure and ensuring that businesses run the way that they need to across the state. So ensure your company's network is online all the time. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com slash business. That's goblackfoot.com slash business. And you can click the link right here in the old podcast. We've made it so very easy for you. Go visit and find out how to keep your business or the business of people you know secure online with Blackfoot. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the history of this is is an amazing one. He's right. I mean, to go, you know. Matt Hasselbeck and Russell. Here's the thing. Matt Hasselbeck is remembered as a a good, a decent quarterback, I think. Mm -hmm. He's so woefully underappreciated in terms of what he was as a quarterback, how how smart he was, and frankly, a lot of the teams that he had to have around him. He also, I think, is remembered early in his career, he was just flat bad, and everybody thought Mike Holmgren was outside of his mind to keep this guy around that was losing football games left and right, throwing interceptions. But he developed him, developed him much the same as he did with Brett Favre in Green Bay. Well, you remember he's ready to yank Brett Favre out the game and then changes. No, 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 okay, let's just, let's just easy, easy. And uh, and what Matt Hasselbeck became, because he didn't have all the physical gifts. I mean, Matt Hasselbeck couldn't throw a ball 75% of the distance that, that Brett Favre could ever. But what he was as a leader and then eventually as a as a, a thinker of the game and able to see it and do it, remarkable. And so to go from 
Matt Hasselbeck to Russell Wilson and go from Brett Favre to to uh, Aaron Rodgers and those two decades of teams playing against each other when the times arose. And by the way, it often is in the playoffs because they're not in the same division against one another. Completely remarkable. And it is delivered, uh, again, some of the most memorable moments that we've ever seen. Who knows what this is? Because, again, I, I really do think... This is an uphill battle this week for the Seattle Seahawks. As much as they are always playing in close games, as much as they always, uh, you know, are, are are finding some magic in there, which I think they're going to have some moments where they, you know, they they pull something out. But as as Greg Bell just told us, where is Seattle? What does Seattle have to do defensively? They have to get pressure. Well, guess what? One of the best offensive lines in football turns out to be Green Bay's. And if you have to pressure a quarterback. And you need a quarterback who gets the ball out quick. Aaron Rodgers is still one of the best in the business at doing that very thing. So I think Green Bay is going to score some points. And I'm not so sure that 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 the Seahawks, especially with the running game that they have, which is what they have built this entire thing on, are going to be able to keep up. And we still don't know about Dwayne Brown, Dwayne Brown Mikey Upati up front on the offensive line. It's so interesting. Football is the thing that dominates the talk radio airwaves like we're on right now, the sports talk radio airwaves, because football is so intricate and strategic, and there's so much you can analyze. And when we spend so much of our time breaking down college football, and there's such diversity in the identity of college football teams, schematically, personnel-wise, culture, just in the Big State Conference, yep. you have every train of thought and line of thinking that you can imagine. So every matchup is a distinct matchup. And it's not to say that the diversity doesn't exist in the NFL, but when it comes down to now, forward, talking about the, the Elite Eight, the final eight teams in the league, four teams in the AFC, four teams in the NFC, everybody is going to straight sell out, stop the run. There's no, there's no not stopping the run. You're not going to have a 200 yard rushing game unless there's some sort of anomaly or some sort of broken play or some sort of long run. You're going to be scrapping your way to get four yards of carry at, at best. Even if you're the Baltimore Ravens or the Minnesota Vikings or the San Francisco 49ers, you are going to be scrapping your way to get to four yards of carry. No question. And so then it always comes down to three factors, right? It comes down to, Quarterback play, the takeaway battle, and rushing the passer. Mm-hmm. And th- this is where guys like Jadavion Clowney, we know what he can do, but he's done it far less than he should do it right. throughout his career. Right. But he still could do it. He could. You never know when you're going to have going to have that game when when he's going to go nuts and yep. but you you also never know who's your boy Darius Shepard not Darius Shepard who's your boy the edge guy Darius Smith the Darius Smith yeah. the biggest snub of the all pros <laughs> I mean he should have been an all pro this year every time I watched him on TV I was looking him up who is this guy what is it where did they find I this believe guy? I believe that it was uh uh Devontae Adams who just retweeted Zadarius lifting weights and doing the thing with the chains on the mm. end of the weights and just said, thank you, voters, <laughs> to, for snubbing him as all pro because look at what you're going to get in this postseason. Totally. So, so we'll you, see. When you're breaking down this matchup, just in terms of the, of the X's and O's, both teams are going to be able to, to at least keep the other team's run game in check. You can almost guarantee it. Right. And so whose offensive line plays better against whose elite pass rushers? Can Jadavion Clowney... And Ziggy Ansah actually be elite? Can they live up to their potential? Will Ziggy Ansah even play? I mean, will Ziggy Ansah even play? Right. Yeah. And it, it will deserve, or is Sedaria Smith going to have the advantage, especially with the question marks on the offensive line? Mm-hmm. And then which quarterback 
either carries his team to victory or makes the mistakes that leads his team to a loss. It, it, it's pretty cut and dry this time of year. And I, I really think that those are the three factors, but there's no way to predict how any of those three factors are going to play out. It really just shows, it really comes down to who comes, who shows up to play. Let me ask you this just in the context of these other games. The two AFC games are both 10-point spreads. Okay? Really? The Ravens are minus 10 against the Titans, and the Chiefs are minus 10 against the Texans. Yikes. The Packers are minus 4 over the Seahawks, and then the 49ers are a 7-point favorite over your Vikings. Which of these teams, though, do you think has... And, and by the way, it's all the home teams that are favored, and, and they're all the bye teams, so it's okay. It's fine. Which of those teams, the lower seeds, do you think has the, the best chance of actually winning outright? Actually winning outright? Yeah, yeah. Of I, actually moving on to the to the to the conference championship game. Man, I think either of the NFC teams, honestly. I mean, yeah. the Niners are great, but the but the Niners are, are are a team of this year. I really think it's the Vikings. Right, because the Niners have had a great year, but the Niners are a young team that this this iteration of the Niners they don't have the experience. It's not as if. Captain Kirk and the Vikings do, but some of the Vikings guys do have playoff experience. Mm-hmm. Very few of the Niners guys do. I mean, conventional wisdom says it's Seattle, and and in a lot of ways it should be, but I just think I oh, all the things that you just said, the only the only category that I think is a is a coin flip even is the turnovers, which I generally think is a coin flip in basically every football game, like who's gonna win the turnover battle, you know? But ultimately, all the other matchup stuff. I think favors the Green Bay Packers in this football game. I really do. And when you talk about, you know, you want to run the football, and and Travis Homer is your starting running back now. And, you know, he runs hard, but he's, he's, not, I mean, he's not even in the realm of a Chris Carson or a Rashad Penny even no. compared to what he is. And as, as fun as I – I mean, Marshawn Lynch, man, I tweeted out – Marshawn Lynch, 16 seconds of pure gold post game. by the way. Go check it out at Gus Tutel. But uh, he is, uh, I love him, man. He's one of my favorite players, period. And he infused, he's, he's still good. He's still getting it done six to eight times a game, right? I mean, that's, you're, you're just not getting it there. So I, I, I don't know. I just, I think Green Bay is actually in a really good good spot, even though they haven't been, again, nearly as uh, impressive as you would they, they've been the least impressive of the four by teams to me this season even though they're 13 and three and Seattle was a whisper away from being the the champion of the NFC West in the three seed and all of that didn't quite happen so this this feels like it's closer but I think on the the matchup actually really favors Green Bay especially in Lambo especially after a bye and being far healthier than what the Seattle Seahawks are so that's why I think the Vikings have a better chance I also I'm just not prepared to go to sleep on the Tennessee Titans just yet. I mean, I really, I, I, I certainly expect Baltimore to win the game, but that big win could be the Super Bowl for the Tennessee Titans, and if it is, they're going to get crushed in Baltimore. It also could be the start of one of those runs, which you see from time to time in the NFL postseason, where the right team gets hot at the right time, and you never think it's going to be the Tennessee Titans, but here they are. You know, the best running back in football, and or at least by yardage, and uh, and and the change at quarterback. I mean, what they've been since Ryan Tannehill took over. Yeah, I mean, compare compare this football team from Tannehill forward. They stack up against everybody, and that's the thing that I think people kind of forget about. Well, and, and Mike Vrabel has done an incredible job. I totally, mean, you can tell that 
those guys play with an edge because of him. I mean, yes. attitude reflects leadership, and he's bestowed that upon them. And, I mean, that that matchup just comes up down to straight-up Axon Jackson. I mean, how, what do you right. do to contain Lamar Jackson? Because right. if you can contain him, their offense is, is you don't want to say pedestrian because they led their NFL in rushing yards. I mean, I think they actually even threatened the NFL rushing yard record. They might have even set it in a single season. But if you can put the handcuffs on Jackson, all of a sudden it doesn't look nearly as daunting, but that's way, way, way easier said than done. Of course. Of course, Jackson's worst game of his NFL career was his only playoff game of his NFL career against the Chargers last season. And so, I mean, not that there's a ton of carry over there, but who knows? Are you surprised by those spreads? Let's talk about it after this. Okay. We got a bunch of surprises. We talked about surprises last uh, uh, to end the show yesterday. We really didn't get through it as much as we would like to. We'll continue on that, and we'll talk about where the spreads are and where we think they should be right after this. Hey, the Polaris New Year's sales event is on now, and it's time to find your perfect ride at Kurtz Polaris. With financing as low as 3.99% APR for 36 months and savings of up to $3,500, Kurtz Polaris at 2904 West Broadway in Missoula and on Highway 83 in Sealy. The mountains are full of snow, and Kurtz has all the best machines, apparel, and accessories to take full advantage of the season. Online at KurtzPolaris.com, the most fun you can have in snow. Kurtz Polaris, winter awaits. You know, guests, the Wingate by Wyndham is the Missoula Hotel that truly offers something for everybody. No doubt. It's conveniently located near the airport, easy for when your friends come to visit you. And you know, of course, my favorite, water slides. That's right, they got an awesome water park with a sweet water slide that's perfect for families, groups, and birthday parties. But with the Wingate, they also have a terrific business travel rate, large meeting spaces for you and your clients, and one of the best rewards programs you'll find anywhere. Talk to me about breakfast. They're not messing around with the Continental. They got the full breakfast spread, man. That's what I'm talking about. I need that. They got you covered there as well. Just down the road from the Missoula Airport, the location is quiet and convenient. The parking is ample and free, and the staff genuinely cares about taking care of their guests. The Wingate is at 5252 Airway Boulevard. You can also call. Very simple, easily memorizable number, 541-8000. That's 541-8000. The best hotel at the best spot for a hotel near the airport. Let the Wingate by Wyndham in Missoula make you feel at home, even when you're not. Uh, you asked me going into the break, do any of these spreads surprise me? Um, a little bit and a little bit not. Um, I think as far as the spreads go, they're all about where they should be. I don't... Really? Yeah. Seven-point spread in the NFL is huge. It isn't, though. It is it not like it used to be. There's it's such a higher scoring game than it once was, and and there are it's still a big spread. Hey, the ten point spreads are, are you know especially in a playoff game, it's significant. I also think there's clearly the two best teams in the AFC and everybody else. I mean, I I, I guess I I would have thought that the Seahawks Packers spread would be. Between 2.5 and 4. It's 4. Mm-hmm. I would have thought that the Vikings 49ers would have been 5.5 or 6.5. Not 7. Just not a full 7. And I would have expected the other two to be 7.5, not 10. There's almost a little bit higher than I thought. Yeah. I guess here's the thing to me. The Chiefs-Texans, I'm right on that thing. I don't. I I think everybody believes in Andy Reid over over... Uh, Bill O'Brien. Bill O'Brien. I think 
people believe in Patrick Mahomes over Deshaun Watson. Although, if you watch Deshaun Watson, I mean, um, what a play. I mean, the play of the weekend was the Deshaun Watson not sack, throw for 40 yards, kick the field goal, walk it off. I mean, that was that was the play of the weekend right there. Unbelievable. Better than Kirk Cousins, better than, uh, well, Kirk Cousins the second time to, 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 to Rudolph. The 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 Titans Ravens one is the one that I am a little bit I could see being smaller. In fact, it opened smaller than that. I think it opened at nine and moved to ten since that time. But I think the Titans are playing really well. I think they're underrated, and I think that the Ravens have been outstanding all season long, and are are probably the team to beat. Well, I, I don't know. I would put. I'm going to take the home team if they end up matching up between, you know, Kansas City and Baltimore, which the game would be in Baltimore, obviously. Um, but only because it's a home game. I mean, that's a pick game to me as far as I'm concerned. Ravens-Chiefs, if that were to come to pass. But I think the Titans are a little bit better than people think. And I also think the Ravens are susceptible in the sense that you kind of pointed out. And that is, in order for their offense to work, it has to be... Jackson getting it done, and he has this entire season. I mean, he's been as good as we've ever seen doing what he does. The best ever. So I expect him to be really good again, but especially with the question marks surrounding Mark Ingram. He went down with that non-contact, you know, calf injury, no structural damage, so we're told, or whatever. But he's he's also absolutely huge in the offense of this team, which has been the best offense in football. So, so I think there's a couple of questions about Baltimore that still need to be proven, especially in a playoff setting. So the 10 points is a big number to me. But that said, Baltimore, Tennessee, right? I mean, you're the, the 14-2 and two Baltimore Ravens at home off a bye against the 9-7 and seven Tennessee Titans in that in that. You know, respect. Does that surprise me? No, not not particularly. I guess it's just surprising because of the matchup. Because in a in a league where I mean, how many this this game is going to have so few possessions? Because these two teams are more dedicated to running the ball than anybody else that's left, really. Yeah, I mean, other than passes, what Seattle wanted to be. How many passes did the Titans complete last week? Two. <laughs> I, I'm serious. I think that the official stats. I, I don't know. I guess Ryan Tannehill had eight completions. He was okay. eight of fifteen. Sorry, I was looking at the games played uh, yeah. column. No, he he was eight of fifteen for seventy two yards. But I mean, if you if you're gonna run the if you're gonna run the ball thirty four of your fifty six offensive plays, you have a chance to not lose by ten, even if you get destroyed. It's true. It's true. Yeah, I mean, I, I I'm. <laughs> I agree with you on the Chiefs. The Chiefs spread. Yeah, I think that the Chiefs Texans ten points, nine or ten. That's yeah, right where I would have had it. Yeah. But I guess it's just it's just really hard to beat a team that's going to be full all in on run the ball, play defense. I mean, Derrick Henry had thirty four carries last week. Yeah, I must say I do like the Vikings. Like if you're going to ask me to pick the game against the spread, I I, I really like Minnesota to, for it to be a full seven. And if it was six, it wouldn't have been crazy to me. But it's not crazy to me at seven either because I mean, the the San Francisco 49ers are maybe maybe the baddest defense left in this tournament. I mean, they're they're so that's the one they play. They, no, I'm I'm taking San Francisco on that. 
Who's who's else is in the conversation? It's San Fran and Minnesota. Sure, no, no, but, who's but, left? But but San Francisco is better than Minnesota defensively. They're they're better. They are. Well, obviously, I mean, they're the but best you know what's not clear, and this is what's crazy because this is the only matchup where this might be the case where it's not clear that Kirk Cousins is the worst of the two quarterbacks. Oh, no question. I mean, the, the, here's any, a, here's a any of the other games, Kirk Cousins is a distant second to whoever the other guy is, except for the San Francisco 49 Who has more to prove? Kirk Cousins or Jimmy Garoppolo? Well, Kirk Cousins, because Jimmy Garoppolo is only, this is he, this is only his second year as a starter, and he was injured for most of last year. So is this his first career playoff start? Yes. I believe it is. I believe it is. And obviously, he's been around the playoffs and, and you know, in, in New England and, and, and so on, but... This is this is a big moment, and it is big for Jimmy Garoppolo because I think he has been good, but not as good as people wanted him to be, or thought he could be, or projected, you know, all that kind of stuff. But this is still, even with the big week last weekend, it's not as if all of a sudden, oh, you complete two passes, and now everything that's happened in your ten year career no longer is real. If you're Kirk Cousins, so I think this is still bigger for Kirk Cousins than it is for Jimmy Garoppolo. It's so fascinating to me too. The, just the war of attrition down the stretch. The Vikings the Vikings and the Seahawks both got really banged up down the stretch. The Vikings made the sacrifice to not play certain guys the last couple weeks of the season, including Dalvin Cook, in hopes that they could still get into the playoffs, even if they meant having to go on the road. And they basically traded that for having those guys back when the playoff game rolled around. I know Seattle wasn't in that situation, really. There wasn't really nothing they could do when Chris Carson went out because he was just going to be out. I mean, he's he's injured enough that he's he's just out for the next foreseeable future, probably. I mean, would he be back if he made the Super Bowl? What did they say? Six to eight weeks, and how long ago was that injury? Who? Chris Carson. I no, I think Chris Carson is out. He's right. Yeah, he's out. So that one you can't really mitigate, but it's just it's interesting because a lot of times teams they do bring guys back too soon to mm-hmm. make sure they get into the playoffs, but then that comes back to bite them, whereas the Vikings sacrificed not playing Dalvin Cook. And lost the last two games. They lost right the last the two games yeah. and didn't look good. But then when he comes back, they look so much better. Changes everything, absolutely. And it'll be interesting to watch because I maintain that talent-wise, the Vikings are there with a lot of these other teams. How do their premier players play? Yeah. Specifically, how does their quarterback yeah. play? But, I mean, Xavier Rhodes has had a really tough season. He looked better last week against the Saints. He did. I mean, when you're guarding Michael Thomas, you're going to get beat sometimes. But he looked more competitive than he has. The Here's the ironic thing to me. If you're a six seed and you win a road game against a three in the wild card, everybody's going to talk about house money. But to me, it's a it's a much more real thing with Minnesota than it is with Tennessee because the Tennessee New England game felt like such a vendetta and, totally. a, and a desire on the part of Rabel and good for him to go back I mean, how and funny slam that door shut how, and the handshake. And, and too good to was, be true when he was just declining penalties, to, like when yes. the, the whole penalty situation where he was just doing it straight up to make Bill Belichick. That's now. right. That's right. How's this taste? No, it's glorious. It was glorious. But that's why I wonder how much can you launch out of that into the next week. Right. Whereas Minnesota, they're riding the wave right now. And also, they're good, man. Like, they're right. legitimately a good... It's not like the, the, the you know, the up-and-comer, you know, whatever, found a way to 
to upstage Big Brother. I mean, they sort of did because I thought New Orleans, I still think New Orleans is the best team in the NFC. I really do. But but now that that's done, it's not a talent gap between San Francisco and Minnesota. It's been a performance gap at times. And so, uh, and frankly, maybe a coaching gap. I mean, Kyle Shanahan, I think, heard a lot of talk that he didn't want to hear about about Sean McVay. And he, this year, I think, had had his own axe to grind about oh, the man. young, brilliant, offensive-minded coach and the oh, whole man. thing. You oh, know? man, and, and that's such a great point because I said this on the radio a couple weeks ago, the way that pro sports goes in flux. And now, with so much turnover... From the top down, whether it's the coach to the personnel on the roster, you can completely remake the identity of your franchise. No longer lingers for years at a time or decades. I mean, forever the St- the Steelers had the same identity for fifty years, mm-hmm. and, and by and large, they kind of still do, but not as much as they, they've gravitated away from it a little bit. We'll sure. see where they go from that from here. But these 49ers compared to like the the Bill Walsh 49ers, they're not even in the same That's, world. Yes. But I I also think that Shanahan deserves so much credit for, one, being so steadfast in his way of operating, but two, he's not getting enough credit. It's so easy to see Jared Goff throw the ball over the place and have 3,000-yard receivers and, you know, Mr. Touchdown Todd Gurley when the Rams were rolling. It's so apparent how explosive they were. What the Niners have done is nowhere near as sexy. But to me, it's amazing. And yeah. I, like, if I was to pick my second favorite team just based on how they play, it's the Niners, man. Yeah. I love the fullback system. I love the fact that Jurisic is their is their dude. They build the whole thing around a fullback. How yeah. awesome is that? They got one of the great tight ends. That, I mean, one of the most ferocious tight ends we've seen in the league in a, in I mean, a minute. Might, might be my favorite player. I mean, I mean, he's awesome. With right? the reemergence of Marshawn Lynch, now I got to flip a coin, but. George Kittle's as good as it gets. I mean, to me. as I far as him. as far as like a future pro wrestling trio, how good is Jurisic, George Kittle, and Nick Bosa? I mean, those three guys are just—they're so sweet. Yeah. I love them. But you're right, Shanahan deserves a ton of credit because he's been less sexy than McVay, but he's been so creative in the way that they've operated the entire team. So I want to ask you this: Yeah, we see we see this narrative that's so prevalent in pro sports particularly the NBA and the NFL where you have this window as a, a group of guys to to make your hey to win your your titles or at least be knocking on the door and that window is usually 3 to 5 years long and we've seen it some some teams have have been outside of that like the San Antonio Spurs their window was more like 12 years where they won't, they were really true contenders but so often within your window you need to fail before you can succeed or failure is then followed by the ultimate success and yeah. we've seen it with i mean the Seahawks are an example right for and, sure and we've seen teams that have lost in the Super Bowl and come back and won the Super Bowl so often teams that win the Super Bowl it's so hard to get back to the Super Bowl though right the Rams are kind of the example of yep. the team where they got there, but they couldn't maintain the level. But when you look at the eight teams that are left, the Seahawks, particularly because of one guy, Russell Wilson, are in that window. The Packers are in that window. Mm-hmm. They've been here. They've failed. But they know what the stage is like. They're not going to be blinded by the bright lights. To a certain extent, Kirk Cousins ex- Subtract him from the situation, but the rest of this Vikings core, from Everson Griffin to Harrison Smith mm-hmm. to Xavier Rhodes to Anthony Barr to Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs on offense, they've been a part of this recent pretty good run by the Vikings. And then you have the teams that are 
that are new. But as David just said, the Packers have a rookie head coach, yep. so that's a, a new factor. But then you have these new te- these teams that are sort of new to the dance. Yeah, second playoff appearance in three years for the Titans, but they've been this nine and seven team that gets in. But the Niners have. They, I mean, they were awful last year. The, this is brand new, being the number one seed. Right. The Ravens, well, for sure. for the Ravens. Sure. This is brand new, mm-hmm. not not in the scope of their franchise, but in this little window, it's brand new. So, do you believe in the notion that the the playing field's a little bit more level when you're a team that's been there before? Yes, I I I, I think that almost always the ascending teams, the ascending young teams. They, they don't finish the deal ultimately. They're not winning Super Bowls. I mean, the closest you could say to that, excuse me, might have been the Packers the last time they won with a very young Aaron Rodgers, a very young uh, 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 Clay Matthews. And, you know, it's so funny because as soon as a team wins the Super Bowl and you go, look at how many young guys they have, and it's like they're the odds-on favorite to win the next year the following day and all that, but it's never the case. I think San Francisco... If for no other reason than that very point is is a team that is going to take a lump that they don't expect to take because they haven't been there before by and large, and that's that's what I think is is the most interesting part about analyzing this stuff is that on paper right now what we've seen the last four months the Niners are the best team in in the NFC and they're one of the two best teams in the NFL and mm-hmm. you're, you are what your record says you are but there's just those moments. Honestly, the, the the analysis that I'm trying to prod out of this whole pl- remaining playoff field isn't going to be on full display until the NFC Championship game because you don't really have the you, you have the two teams that have been fighting for it the longest playing each other in Lambeau Field. Yep. But that dynamic when the Niners are playing the Packers or the Seahawks or when the Vikings are playing the Packers or the Seahawks, that dynamic is going to be so profound to me. And it's the same thing on the other side. Although the Chiefs' window has been a lot smaller, the Chiefs have still been there and been disappointed before. How does that match up with the Ravens if those two are to meet in the AFC Championship? The one team that I think has the chance to like break through. And look, it's going to be it's going to be semi-brand new no matter who wins. Like the the most known team that could win the thing probably in terms of like recent success is the Seahawks. Right. Right. But basically it's going to be somebody pretty new because it ain't <laughs> the Patriots. Yeah, totally. Right. Uh, the, the one team though that I think is, is prepped potentially for a breakthrough to me is the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah. I mean, they have all the talent to do it. They got a quarterback that is from another planet. I mean, for all and he hasn't he hasn't had his oh my gosh my jaws on the floor in, in a little while he's been really good but I he, mean w- wait yeah. till but what what happens if he has one of those yeah. you know 450 yard five touchdown games like he had last totally. year totally and also Andy Reid like the Andy Reid factor of having you know been so often the bridesmaid you know and such a respected coach and easily the best coach to ever win one and all that kind of stuff and he's been there like he's been there over and over but this team. Also, with the field that remains, playing at home against Houston, things falling in their favor with a Miami defeat of New England on the last day of the regular season. I mean, like, all that stuff starts to conspire, and you start to go, okay, like, I, I really think that, that they'll have a look. Now, they would have to win, presumably, in Baltimore to get to get there. Um, but, 
no, nothing would surprise me about the run that that the Chiefs. I mean, the only teams that would shock me if they were at there at the end would be the Texans and the Titans. I don't. Yeah, right. I just don't see either of those. But it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, it wouldn't stun me to to the ground if even the Vikings were there. No, no, not at all. And and certainly the Seahawks as well. So anybody in the NFC to me that's left is is a real player in this thing. I think the top two seeds are are going to battle it out in Baltimore at the end. Everything that happened this past weekend. Uh, there was, I don't know, a list of a dozen things that were s- ranging between surprising and flatly stunning. What was the most so? A continued conversation next. Coulter, you have a business, and your business is based in the World Wide Web. Indeed I do, so I'm on my computer all the time. And if you're not online, you're not making money, and it is important to make sure that you're online and Secure, am I right? Absolutely. Got to be cyber safe this day and age. Well, for you business owners out there, whether you have an online business or a brick and mortar business, it's still running through the web. We all know that's a fact. And in today's always on world, your business demands a simpler approach to network security. At Blackfoot Communications, they deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to the endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across the state of Montana. They do. They're keeping everybody cyber secure and ensuring that businesses run the way that they need to across the state. So ensure your company's network is online all the time. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com slash business. That's goblackfoot.com slash business. And you can click the link right here in the old podcast. We've made it so very easy for you. Go visit and find out how to keep your business or the business of people you know secure online with Blackfoot. Well, we got a long list here of things that are were very surprising over the course of the weekend. I don't want to go through each and every one of these things. I want you to tell me the thing that you are most surprised by. Well, one <laughs> confession I will make is that I was completely wrong about DK Metcalf. I said that I thought he was um, clunky. A, a, a one-dimensional clunky, non He kind of is clunky. Yeah, I think I made the statement that he can't be backpedaling and high point a ball, and he did exactly what I said he could not do in a playoff game. And, and scored a in touchdown. In of my eyes. Yeah. <laughs> That's his definition of being wrong. Yeah. Uh, I mean, some of, these, some of these other ones, um, I mean, I'm not ready to affirm Derrick Henry as the number one dude in the league quite yet. I think that he is, he's in the mix. He's... Definitely, he's also a player that's proved me wrong in terms of my opinion of him. He's also aided by a team that is as dedicated to running the football as anybody in the league. No doubt. He has changed the way he runs the football. I mean, if you ever wanted to know how important pad level is in the NFL, Derrick Henry had terrible pad level when he first got to the league. He does no longer have terrible pad level. 260 pounds looks pretty darn good when you get your pads down. Marshawn Lynch has awful pad level. Oh, man. Until the point of contact. But, uh... You know, uh, the Carson Wentz stuff that's going around, I mean, most often when I'm driving around during the day, Will Kane's on the radio. Will Kane hates Carson Wentz. I don't really know why. Because he, he's an eagle, that's why. Well, right, and Will Kane thinks that Dak Prescott's good. He's not. And he thinks that Carson Wentz sucks. That's not true either. But this whole narrative that Carson Wentz can't hang, 
I mean, he got s- thrown on his head by Jadavion Clowney. That doesn't make you injury prone. It means you got hit by one of the most ferocious guys in the league, right. and it just happened to ha- it, you just happened to get hurt. It's a singular event. That's right. Uh, here's the thing to me. By the way, my biggest surprise is probably the fact that Joe Judge just got hired by the New York Giants to be their head football. I don't even coach. know who that is. That's what's shocking about it. The wide receivers coach from the New England Patriots. Yikes. So for whatever that's worth, that's surprising. I would say this. The fact that the Patriots lost in and of itself is not the most surprising thing of the weekend. In fact, there was you could see like some susceptibility and the f- cracks in the foundation and, again, the vendetta game with Rabel and all of that kind of stuff. But the fact that it actually happened and the fact that Tom Brady in a home playoff game finished off the season with a pick six and the fact that the whole – like. When you thought that this was a point where the Patriots might just go ahead and go 40 nothing and go everybody shut up now, actually had all of the negative things come to fruition in a moment and go sayonara and not even into the second round of the playoffs to say nothing of having played in the wild card round, it is... It is such an odd thing to look at a postseason tournament and actually notice the absence of a team. And that's how I'm feeling about the New England Patriots right now. I'm not a hater of the New England Patriots, but I love the fact that they're out. Because it, it, it's such a, it makes everything seem so much more open. The, this sense of inevitability that has seemingly always been there is no longer there, and it's actually not there. It's not it's just not there because they're, quote, not as good. They're literally not playing football. And that is, on, 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 a, on a sort of broad narrative scale, that is stunning. It is a shocking development that it would go Miami, Tennessee, in Foxborough in back-to-back weeks to be the daggers that potentially ended that. It's not over yet. It ain't over. Have you watched? You don't it ain't ha- over. You yet. don't have HBO, right? No. Have you watched the Art of Coaching yet? It's mm-hmm. the Nick Saban, Bill Belichick documentary. I have not. I'm aware of it. I will watch it's it. Great. But I have not it's great. It's great. But like the sit down talk that they have, where they talk about the two main thesis of the of the conversation is that how hard it is to maintain a standard when you are the standard and how hard it is to stay on top of the mountain when you summoned it not once, not twice, but many times. Yeah. And when you look at it, I mean, the Patriots have actually only won back-to-back titles twice. Right. They've just kept coming back for more. But they've been in, yeah. Excuse yeah. me, they've only won back-to-back titles one the one time, like two right. years in a row, 2003, right. 2004. Those are the only when they went back-to-back. Yeah. They, they come back and win when they don't win. And oftentimes the loo- the losses come, not oftentimes, every year this decade, the losses have come in either the AFC Championship game or the Super Bowl. That's right. So that's why this one is a little bit more shocking. But what do, what do we know about the Patriots more than any other franchise? As soon as you start to count them out, as soon as there's controversy surrounding their team, as soon as they have something to prove... They go in the Super Bowl the next year, but no. But this is my point: is that they had all of that stuff swirling, and then they didn't. They that, all that True. stuff was there, and they failed miserably and against all, two teams that I mean, it wasn't the Ravens, it wasn't the Chiefs that did them in. They didn't go all of a sudden and have Patrick Mahomes go epic on them, and that's you know the explanation. The explanation is that they played poorly and got and and and. Tom Brady threw a pick six. And by the way, this is not the end of the Patriots. I completely agree with you on that. As long as Bill Belichick's the coach and GM there, they will be they will be good. 
But this this very well could have been the last Patriots game that Tom Brady plays. I think it's a 50-50 chance that he's back in New England. I think it's a 100% chance that he's back in the league. Mm, so interesting. And the thing about it is that uh, it's so easy to look at them for what they've accomplished over the last 20 years and say that this season was a failure. But if you actually just look at their personnel, defensively they were elite. Offensively they were not good. No, bad. And And... Wide receiver in particular, though. Exactly, and, but sometimes this the confluence of events makes it so that you have such an uphill battle that not even Tom Brady can overcome it. They didn't expect Rob Gronkowski to retire, and he just abruptly walked away. No one expected Antonio Brown to just lose his marbles. Yeah. Just flush him down the toilet, he's out. And, yeah. he, and, no, and they take a risk on Josh Gordon, you know what comes with Josh Gordon, yeah. but then it doesn't work out. And there's three household names that are not playing. Totally. Julian Edelman's older I don't know. And injured. By I don't the way. know what happened to Sonny Michelle. Well, I should also. We should add this. Their offensive line is is middle of the of the road to to bottom third of the road offensive line, and so you know Sonny Michelle was. I think he's still a very good running back, but clearly, you know, was the worst for wear the second half of the season, which again is such a, a contradictory reality to what we know about the Patriots. The Patriots always start off okay and then and on top. This year they started off pristine. Who's going to touch this team? Is this the best iteration of the Patriots we've seen? And then they fell apart down the stretch. That doesn't happen and it did. Absolutely though the biggest surprise on this entire list of all the options that we have is Kirk Cousins. (laughs) No question man. There's no question. Nerditron Kirk Cousins stepped up in the clutch, made an enormous throw to win a playoff game on the road against what I thought was the most complete team in the NFL. Absolutely the biggest surprise of the first weekend in the NFL playoffs. Whether you're traveling to Missoula for business, a family visit, or to watch the Grizz game, the Wingate wants to be your home away from home. Call the Wingate to find out how we can take care of your next trip to Missoula. From conference rooms to great complimentary breakfast to an indoor water park, we have what you need and what you want when traveling. The Wingate of Missoula is a proud supporter of Grizzly and Lady Grizz Athletics, and we look forward to making you feel at home when you're not. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 